0: KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe
1: Stern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. The good news, and there's no bad news, is that Sam Raimi's horror flick, Drag Me to Hell, is smart, funny, and cringeworthy for all the right reasons. And it's up to speed on the mortgage crisis, too. The heroine is played to sly perfection by Alison Lohman. Her name is Christine Brown, and she's an ambitious young loan officer bucking for a promotion to assistant branch manager. When an elderly, impoverished, and majestically repulsive customer named Mrs. Ganouche comes in to beg for yet another extension on her home loan. Christine hesitates only for a moment, then turns her down. Given what we now know about permissive lending practices, that decision should have sealed the deal on her promotion. Instead, Mrs. Ganouche retaliates with an ancient gypsy curse, and Christine spends the rest of the movie trying to avoid eternal damnation. The villainous, bless her vileness, is played by Lorna Raver. Mrs. Ghanoush is basically a werewolfish Transylvanian who gloms onto Christine with her one good eye and copes with a dental impairment, no teeth and bad dentures, by gumming her victim's chin at every opportunity. Alison Loman's portrait of the heroine starts with innocence. A wide-eyed farm girl with a sweet smile, Christine would seem to be the genre's standard babe in jeopardy. Yet she's glad to compromise her principles if that gets her relief from all the creepy, slimy, and gooey terrors that come her way. One of them is a fly that strolls into her left nostril, then promptly strolls out of the right one. It's a model of computer-generated minimalism. At least you hope for the actor's sake that the fly was digital. Most of the events and departures flow from a comical misunderstanding. After a Tokyo orchestra is disbanded, a discouraged young cellist, Daijo, looks for a new line of work. He spots a help-wanted ad for a company that deals in departures and assumes that it's some sort of travel agency. In fact, the company is a one-man operation that deals in encoffination. It's the ceremonial preparation of corpses for cremation and the owner wants to hire an assistant. Still, Daijo's assumption isn't completely cockeyed. The job takes him and his wife on a guided tour to the far country of death and dying with frequent stops for charming comedy along the road. This beautiful film won an Oscar earlier this year and I love the way it mixes its moods. At the outset, Daijo is a chronic screw-up who can't himself to tell his wife what he does in his new position, can't even get a grip on a cake of soap in a public bath. Slowly, though, the self-doubting boy grows up under the influence of his boss. He's a consummate professional with a huckster's flair and a philosopher's gravity. Occasionally, the story turns manipulative or self-conscious, but the rituals that Daijo learns to perform are literally spellbinding. While the family and friends of the deceased watch silently, the encoffiner washes and dresses the body with elaborate gestures that might be those of a magician or a sommelier, but he does it all with exquisite tenderness. In one of the movie's most beautiful moments, his wife comes to understand his own professionalism and to love the soulful man her young husband has become. And there's no lack of beautiful moments. Departures uses the contemplation of death to prepare the way for an appreciation of life. I'm Joe Morgenstern, and I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.
0: KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.